Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. This episode is a fun one. You know, I've always considered watching TV to be a passive activity. I mean, aside from sleeping, it seems like the most passive thing you could spend your time doing. You zone out while entertainment is poured into your brain. But it turns out that's not quite the case. TV watchers are a subtly active bunch, and as we watch, we give off all kinds of signals to indicate our opinion of what we're being shown. Well, Yasushi Gunya, founder and CEO of T Vision Insights, has developed an unobtrusive way to measure viewers' reactions to TV shows and to TV commercials. It's already deployed in thousands of homes in Japan and in the United States, and the results are remarkable. T-Vision is already showing Global 100 brands how consumers react to their commercials and to the TV shows that they air in. And they provide a data driven approach to show what content is the most engaging and what kind of response it evokes. But what I think is even more interesting is that T Vision's data shows that we all engage with TV differently. Adults engage differently than children, Americans watch differently than Japanese, and men watch very differently than women do. In fact, There's a big difference between how men and women watch sports on TV, and I guarantee you it's not the difference you think it is. But Yasushi tells that story much better than I can, so let's get right to the interview. Cheers! Cheers! So we're sitting here in the WeWork office on this incredibly hot Tokyo afternoon. With Yasushi Gunya of T Vision Insights. So thanks for sitting down with us. Thank you, Tim. And let's cheer. Cheers again. Yeah, beer here. That tastes good on a hot day. So T Vision Insights measures the viewers' reactions to TV shows and to commercials, but why don't you explain basically how it works and what it is? Okay. Our core technology is the AI backed algorithm, and we just、uh, inserted it to a sensor and set a sensor on the top of TV. As a result, we can understand how people in front of the TV will react to the contents of TV. And actually, we have already set this kind of stuff to 3,000 households in the US and Japan. Okay, and when you say how they react, so is this a, a device sort of like Microsoft Connect, or what, what are you measuring, yeah, actually, or what are you watching? Micros. Yeah, actually, Microsoft Connect is the sensor we are currently using, but it's not device oriented. The core technology we developed is the AI algorithm inside that, and、uh, it's applicable for all sensors. Okay, so, so basically, What you're trying to do is, is to, to find a way to objectively measure the, the quality、yeah. of the reaction for a TV. Yeah,、commercial. definitely, definitely. Because if you are watching the TV, sometimes you are in the front of the TV, but sometimes even you are in front of the TV, you are just watching your 
your mobile phone or sure. some you are talking, you are communication, you have a communication with others, and sometimes even you go to trade or restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Some people just turn the TV on、yeah. and leave it on all day yeah, as they yeah, yeah. wander around the house. Yeah, but yeah, that's actual, right? That's、mm-hmm. a reality. But the problem is nobody understands how the reality is. Okay, so let, let's dig into the kind of the technology、yeah. of this. Okay, so. What exactly are you you measuring? Are you looking at like facial expressions、yeah. or movements or all、yeah. kind of these? But you can imagine that our car technology is facial recognition and body recognition, and we can see okay who in the front of the TV in our panel houses we just get their pictures, so we understand who they are. Are they? Father, mother of the child, but not the guest. What determines whether someone is engaged with commercial?、Yeah. So if I'm if I'm lying down on the sofa,、yeah. can I still be engaged? Are you looking at my like、yeah. facial we, features? We define it by both the movement of face and the movement of eye. Okay. If you you are, you are facing TV but you close your eye, you cannot say you are engaged in right, the right. program, right? We just measure both, and we have the combination, and we got the score. As a result, we define: okay, this guy is looking at the TV, or this guy is not. And and can you tell what type of emotion you're getting? So, for example,、yeah. I might be looking at the TV and very engaged, but can、no. you tell the difference between someone who's laughing or smiling and yeah, someone yeah, who's yeah. crying? Ah,、uh, we do get some emotions like、uh, neutral, smile, angry. Or surprise, or maybe we don't we don't call it angry, we call it negative. Okay, so those are the four basic categories. Four basic categories. But once we get the data, it seems like okay, the audience just do not smile a lot in the front of TV. People have done research on this, and a lot of times when you're watching TV, your brain state actually changes a bit. You're you're in this zone where you're not. Yeah. I don't know. You're not like. Thinking are emotionally yeah, even, different.、It's, yeah, even there are some people to do this kind of research in neuroscience, and、uh, I think one、um, big advantage of our data is we are taking the natural reaction in the natural environment. This year, you did an analysis of the viewers of the Super Bowl in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, we do, we do. And you had a really interesting finding about how men and women watch the game yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, they are different. Not only in U.S. but in Japan, we do find much bigger difference between men and women than that between different ages. So, in, in this case, the women were actually more engaged with the Super Bowl than the men were, right? Yeah, yeah, that is. That's what we are surprised. Yeah, me too. Are, are women just more engaged with? Television in general, or was it the Super Bowl in particular? Not in general, not in general. So that's what surprised us a lot. Especially for Super Bowl commercials, sometimes you are surprised. Okay, the Super Bowl is very. I'm not a genderist or something like that, but, no, but、uh, yeah, I mean, they are yeah more people will be saying okay. I, I don't I think it's、that. I don't think it's sexist to assume that men would be more engaged <laughs> with the Super Bowl than women. I mean that's. But sometimes you can you can find the TV commercials or halftime shows will focus more on women. But I mean, but the game itself were women more engaged or just yeah, yeah, itself, yeah, yeah, itself. Does that work across culture 
too? Or, for example, Japanese soccer games? Oh, that's maybe interesting. We haven't, but in Jap- Japanese soccer game, I, I don't want to say the inaccurate things. We haven't done such a thing in Japanese soccer game, but uh, I imagine we can find a lot of interesting things. I think so, and I think that would be data that advertisers would be fascinated to learn. Yeah. And I, I assume you can also tell the difference between adults and children? Yeah. And sort of different ages? What, what are yeah, the they, different demographics you can, you can distinguish? Uh, we have one year by one year. So actually we, can see, we have the kind of this kind of demo data from all of our panels. So from a four-year-old to I think the oldest is 87. But I mean, your, your AI can't tell the difference between a four and a five-year-old, right? So I mean, that's why we do gather the pictures of our panels. Oh, I see. Yeah. So when a family or when someone signs up to be part of this program, yeah. they register, these they are register the people in my family, yeah. and, and Taro is five, and, and yeah. Yeah. Rie so, is ten. Yeah, so that's what we can give this kind of data, men and women, and uh, each age. And even we got a lot of information from them. So we know their salaries, their family conditions. Do you analyze the interaction between the people who are watching? For example, if, if I have a bunch of my friends over to yeah. watch a, a sporting event yeah, yeah. and have a party, can you tell that we're engaged with each other and the TV? In our lab, actually, we are doing this kind of researches, but not in general yet. Okay. But that's a very interesting thing because sports always is a big event for TV as well. I imagine that sports would be one of the most engaging types of TV content. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's why advertisers have tons of money, not only in Japan, but in the U.S. In in the broad picture, so not just sports, but we're looking at at dramas and comedies. Do you find the engagement profiles are pretty similar in the U.S. and Japan? Or are they really different depending on the culture? Actually, this question is a very good question, but it's kind of tricky to answer because for some programs, we can find the differences, but it's hard to say it's general. Okay. Yeah, actually, during the development of our technology, we just do kind of tests and find, okay, the program which has the most uh, negative emotion is walking dead. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's not a big surprise. surprise. That, yeah. that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we, are, I, we, we are getting very confident. Okay, yeah. we are not doing different things. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. I'm not really surprised by that result. But yeah. it, it's not. It's not at all. It's not at all. Yeah, we just increase our confidence to our technology. Okay, we are doing the right thing. <laughs> We don't take working day data in Japan, but we suppose that should be the same. That would be really interesting because that is that makes sense. That is like the highly engaged, highly negative baseline, yeah. right? Yeah. So the negative sometimes is not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be careful what yes, you yeah, do with that. Different, differently, differently. You know, differently. But. Uh, interesting. That's uh, still kind of area we have to deep dive in because some advertisers even even they care our commercial is engaged, but is it a possible engage? But that I mean that would be incredibly valuable to advertisers. So let's take that strong negative engagement. Yeah. That might be great to sell 
home security yeah. and terrible to sell <laughs> diapers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, we think there are a lot of unmetal needs between this kind of combination. And if we can get this kind of data, we can find a lot of good combination between commercials and TV programs. Do you track other behaviors? I mean, does this, are you monitoring how people are moving around their house yeah. all day long? I mean, are there privacy concerns uh, that your, yeah, your families uh, have? For privacy concerns, actually, we do not take a picture. Actually, we set our machine in the audience's house and the machine run our program to transit the actual picture they, they see to data. So we only take the data. Okay, so you, you discard the source video data yeah, yeah, and you yeah. just take the, 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 the raw abstractions the, out of it. The, yeah, 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 differently. Excellent. So it, it, there, there, is a, there is a stereotype that Americans move a lot and talk a lot with their hands and their body and Japanese are really more <laughs> controlled. You actually have data on this. Is that true? Ah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe that's uh, maybe it should be a next uh, publish. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can publish. We can check the data and publish if that's true. Check the data and get back to me. Yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, but I don't know if. How do you think you have the March character background? I I think that. I think that the Americans would be more animated. They'd be more moving around more and Japanese would be more controlled. I have no data. That's totally just an opinion, but I'd I'd love to see the data on that. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to see the data too. But my hypothesis is that's not so big difference. Why, Why I say that? Because that's actually a result after we are seeing this kind of data several years, and which shows Usually, we are biased. Okay. Well, let's make a bet. The loser buys a beer. Okay. All right? You're let's, on. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see what the data yeah. says. But why I say that bias? Because if I ask, okay, do you laugh? Do you have a smile during you watch the TV? I think most people will say, okay, I sometimes smile. But the result is, it's very small percent. Because you are watching a 60-minute program, and uh, remember how much... You maybe a few seconds here and there. A few seconds several times. But as a result, if you say one, zero, yes, no, you say, yes, I smile. So that's a kind of bias. Okay, well, let's let's see what the data says. Yeah, the data says. But we found uh, tons of this kind of bias. Yeah. Well, just like the sports example, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how, how closely does this measure of engagement correlate to traditional viewership numbers? So do you find that, that highly rated shows are people are highly engaged yeah. with, or is it... Actually, our data is a different dimension. Even you can have high viewership, lower quality. Of course, high viewership, high quality. But uh, So you find there's no real correlation? There's... No, no real correlation. No okay, real correlation. that's interesting. Yeah. So in, in some ways, this would be a huge opportunity for advertisers who yeah. want to look at niche shows that maybe yeah. not be popular, but the audience is highly engaged. Yeah, they do. They do. Actually, this kind of program is people understand, okay, there should a lot of value because I like this program a lot, but there is no data to support it. Right, right. So yes, for some niche programs, they do have a strong fans 
who pay attention from the beginning to the end, we quantified this kind of new value. That's really cool. Let's talk about the the business side. So okay. the technology is cool. Business side is always tougher. You sorry? Because I've spent most of my life yeah. doing B two B software sales of wow. different types. Yeah. yeah. And sales and marketing tools tend to be easier to sell. Yeah. Because every company has pressure to increase yeah. sales, so they're yeah. they're motivated to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's harder to build long-term yeah. steady clients yeah. for the same reason, right? Yeah, for the same reason. So, so what's been your experience at, at T-Vision on that? I shared your opinion here. Actually, it's, it's tough, especially for tools. Yeah? Yeah, because maybe you can find a few new tools yeah. <laughs> which looks much cooler. Yeah, UI looks oh so cool, so easy to understand and too easy to drive. Actually, we started this business because we think this data has very strong lifetime value. It it seems like it. It seems like the value of this kind of tool would really be recognized in the long term, yeah. right? But you can imagine in TV, the last tool is the current viewership. It survives for fifty years. That is true, and I I, I mean, TV is. Very, very traditional yeah. business all over yeah. the world, yeah. but but I think you know TV is so different in Japan than it is in America. I mean, yeah, because different. so like both the rating system yeah. Yeah. and uh, t- most TV advertising yeah. and yeah. even a lot of the commercial production is handled by Densu by one yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. Do you get customers who just kind of say, "No, I, I just want Densu to handle all this"? I, I they do. Yeah, they do. They do. So that's why I think we are not too compared with as a marketing tool. It's kind of dashboard, right?、Mm-mm-mm. We are data, so we are providing data. Of course, we can combine our data to each of those tools. Well, I guess, I guess the challenging part is you're you're not just a tool. You're you're requiring you're requiring、yeah. your customers to think in a way they haven't before. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just a new way of looking at data. It's a new、yeah. kind of data. Yeah, new kind of data that that they've just never thought about in terms of engagement. Yeah, engagement. So that's a new axis. And and so, well, you've got a great client list. Yeah. So clearly, some clients kind of say, "I understand this. I I, yeah, I think、yeah. this new axis is useful." Yeah, yeah. And some clients are asking, like, "Why do I need this new axis、yeah. of information?" Yeah. yeah, they do. What's the difference between the clients that that get it、uh... and those that don't? I found the early adopters of our data. They are more digitalized. What, what do you mean? Especially the marketing team are getting used to digital data, or they do、uh, leverage a lot of digital tools to help they do the digital advertisement. So, do you mean they're just they're, they're companies that are advertising digitally、or、on the web and on, on as a, yeah, social a, channels? Yeah, that's a phenomenon, and as a result, they are more data driven. I see. I see. So just people who have a more analytical, data-driven approach、uh, data. in general. Yeah, in general, in general, and、uh, moves fast. That does make sense, and and the ones that have a less data-driven approach would be much more likely to just say, "No, I'm going to let Densu handle this for yeah, me." Yeah. 
I think the, how fast you can move and how data-driven you are should be a good matrix axis for us. And ne next, the data-driven but moving not so fast. Some grower runs, actually they are very data-driven, but they need to confirm every <laughs> point. <laughs> And once they confirm, they will expand it globally. So that's a big deal. But sometimes it takes time. But they are actually we are moving in a good way. Okay. Well, let's let's take this data-driven idea to the next step. So uh -huh. we've been talking about data-driven analysis yeah. for what shows and what times yeah. advertisers should should show their commercials. Yeah. Yeah. But according to the data, yeah. what makes an engaging commercial? What features of the commercial do, do people engage with? Actually, we did a lot of researches on sound of voices. The character, the voice, would gather more attention to the character itself. That appears, the engagement doesn't change a lot, but once it speaks... So people are engaging with the sound more than yeah. the visuals. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, in some cases. Cool. So how to use the sound uh, is very important. Yeah, actually, back to your question is, is there a similar thing or a different thing in you, between US and Japan? Actually, we have one similar thing. It's people pay more attention to weather news. In Japan? In both, New York and oh, uh, in US. General. You can imagine, in the morning, people, just, uh, people are busy to prepare to go to office, but sometimes they just keep the TVs on. When weather news turns on, they will come back to the front of TV and pay attention to the weathers. People just do not sit in the front of TV in the morning. It means if you buy morning time slot, it's maybe better to use sound to catch people back to the TV. Huh. So do you have requests to do consulting for how to design effective and engaging commercials? Yeah, we do, we yeah. do. We, we get a lot of this kind of inquiry. I bet the creative agencies just love that. <laughs> <laughs> they, do, they do. Actually, the good creator likes this kind of data. They do not think data is the opposite side to their creativity. They are confident that their creativity can get the number to prove they are creative. All right, okay. They are a good creator. We have this confidence, and we actually prove several examples. That makes sense. I guess it depends on, on the type of guidance you're giving. So yeah. information like, hey, voices, yeah. the first time you hear them is yeah. incredibly engaging, yeah, yeah. is some kind of input that people could use very creatively. Yeah, yeah. And you're not telling them, no, no, don't use red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. To be honest, we found sometimes do not as well. What, what are some don'ts? Too dark. Oh. Because if you, you set the creative too dark and keep that for several seconds, you will lose somebody. Because they will not pay attention to too dark things. It's, you know, it's commercials. It's right. not the critical part of the program. And it takes effort to like, look yeah. at what's happening in a dark... Yeah. You know, we were talking before about how... TV is, is one of the oldest and most traditional, not only types of media, but the way it's run is still yeah, very yeah, traditional. Yeah, yeah. 
when you contrast broadcast with online advertising, yeah. right? so online advertising, you can determine not only how many people saw it, how many people yeah. clicked on it, but yeah. directly how much sales yeah. this campaign led to. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can track it very effectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To TV, traditionally, we've been able to measure how many people saw it. You're sort of taking it to the next level and saying, okay, how many people are engaging? How many people yeah. are clicking on it, yeah, basically? Yeah. yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to the next stage to be able to say, okay, well, this, yeah. these sales are driven by this TV commercial? Yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. Actually, that's a lot of people want to do. Actually, my answer is, yes, we can do it if we get more data and reliable data in this area. And uh, our data will be actually kind of center of that kind of combination of data. But in your question, I found another two interesting things. Because you say, okay, TV commercial is not very connected to maybe sales compared with digital TV. Even today, people watch YouTube on TV. Mm. Of course, YouTube has ads, right? True, yeah. If you watch YouTube ads on TV, is that TV ads or is that digital <laughs> ads? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I, you're right. I guess it all depends on how you engage with it, right? Yeah. If you sit back and just watch it, yeah. it's very much a TV ad. If, if you pull out your controller or a keyboard and click on it, yeah. then it's acting like a digital ad. Digital, yeah. Even you can click, if you have Android TV, you, you can click a lot of things in your YouTube TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So sometimes people say TV is kind of combination. Right? You know, I, I guess you're right. And even on the technology level, yeah. as more and more TV content is delivered by by cable, yeah, okay. rather than broadcast. Yeah. So cable can make that digital transition really easily. Yeah. Yes, and uh, in the opposite, Netflix people will think that's a digital media, but actually, sixty percent of Netflix session is happening on TV. So is Netflix a TV media? Maybe. Maybe. It's, Maybe. it's, it's definitely clear. It's not as clear as it seems. Yeah. yeah. So TV is kind of a combination. We say, okay, ABC, NBC, CBS is TV. We said, okay, this is Sony's TV, Samsung's TV. We say, okay, it's cable TV. I guess there's a difference between the, the broadcast media and the cable yeah. or internet yeah. delivered. Yeah. But yeah, the lines are a lot blurrier than, than they seem, aren't they? Yeah. You, you mentioned, was there a second point you wanted to make? Oh, the second point is, in this show it happened. Sometimes, first of all, we check the impression, then CPA. The result is, when you increase your efficiency, like ROI, the total amount, total reach you can get is decreasing. So that's why digital media it's more customized yeah. and that it's automatic. That's true. I guess, I guess it's, that, it's, it's that difference between direct response advertising and brand yeah. advertising. And they, yeah. they both have their place. Yeah, they both have a place. Right. That's why PNG and uh, Unilever just like, had 40% of their digital budget last year because they think oh, they are selling very mass product more efficient in some ways, but they cannot reach the real mass because it's customized. 
Yeah, and I guess there are some some truly brand-driven products, like let's say Coca-Cola. Yeah. They're not trying to get a sale directly from the ad. Yeah. But if you can say, okay, this ad is highly engaging yeah. and having a positive response, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the feedback they need, right? Yes, definitely. Well, listen to Sushi. Before we wrap up, yeah. I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. And that is, if I gave you a magic wand and I told you you could change one thing about Japan, anything at all, the education system, the way people think about risk, the legal system, anything at all to make things better for startups in Japan, what would you change? Maybe people's thoughts about risk. Because I do not think startup has a lot of risk at all. So, so would you make, would you use your magic wand to make people take more risks or just think differently about what risk is? What, what would you do? Maybe to ask them to take more risk. You just mentioned that starting a startup is not that risky. Yeah, it's not. Most Japanese considered starting a startup very risky. Yeah. So why, why is there that gap? Just because uh, it's a very personal thing that uh, that's because my wife is a doctor. Actually, she's a doctor for pregnant. So every day I go back to home and meet her. And I will say, okay, I have a hard times in my company. Like, you know, a lot of hard things. So how to think to me? So how was your work today? She, was, she would say, okay, today the new baby, the, the heartbeat just stopped. So... I work hard to get it recovered. And I, I just say, okay, good job. <laughs> yeah. Compared with you, I do not think I met a lot of tough things today. Okay, yep, that's fair. I'd say being a doctor is a whole lot more stressful than, yeah. than being a startup founder. Yeah, nobody dies. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, sometimes it's a hard time, but they will find next career. I don't think they cannot find but, but I think like the number of people who want to be doctors is also really small. That's a, that's a small, dedicated group of people. But what, what about the general population who would normally just go work for a big company? or? or but if I want to change one thing, I want to change their thought, okay, it's not a big risk. It's a fear, but you can recover. If somebody dies... If my wife did not do a right step to the baby, it's not recoverable. That's true risk. Like you see, so it just... you have to work hard to make that, that not happen, right? So, so you'd use the magic wand not so much to change reality, but just to change the way people perceive the reality. Yeah. That, it, that, that people yeah. would have a better perspective that like, look, this yeah. isn't really that big a deal. Yeah, I, I think so. Because people say, okay, Japan people do not take more risk than other countries. Maybe for some statistics, it's true. But, you know, the reality doesn't change a lot. Okay, for sometimes the hard things just come. I think you're right. There's definitely this, this perception. People think the risk is much, much bigger than it is. Yeah, yeah. But compared to most other countries, compared to the U.S., compared to Europe... The risk is, is real, or at least it used to be real. So, for example, 20 years ago when I started my first company here, mm-hmm. if a startup founder failed, oh. 
it was really hard for him to get a new job. It was really hard for him to get hired by another company. Yeah, yeah. Do you see those attitudes changing now in Japan? It's changing. It's changing. That's not only for startups. I think the whole society has changed the mind. Uh, one example. Actually, I quit my first job. It was McKinsey as a consultant uh, 10 years ago, 9 years ago. And at that time, my headhunter told me that usually Japan company accepts people change their job no more than three times. The magic number is three. Okay. So you are, use, you are using the first card of, your, <laughs> of all of three. You have two left for your entire life. Yeah, I'm a, I feel that's a, wow, that's, wow, should I quit McKinsey <laughs> like, like that? The maximum is three, be careful about it, you are using the first one. But now, they don't say that, because nobody cares about three. Of course, if you have been tried 10 or 15 jobs. Yeah, yeah if, you've had, if you've had six jobs in the last two years, that's kind yeah, of That's a kind of yeah. questionable, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's everywhere, but yeah. nobody said the maximum three times. And, and you see, that, and that's happening even inside Japanese companies. Inside, inside Japanese companies. Because they want to change. Yeah. Actually, they want to change. I don't think, especially the people in Japanese company, don't want to change. They want to change. All of my clients, let me rephrase, most of my clients want to change because they don't think current situation is the best situation and they want to grow they want to change. Well, I, I think that, particularly in large Japanese companies, yeah. that is a huge and important change. Yeah. Because before, you know, if you worked for Toyota, or in your case, Recruit, yeah. or, or, you know, uh, Tepco, yeah. you were surrounded by other people who'd been working in that company for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And it was that company's culture, and that's yeah. what you did. Yeah. But if more and more people are changing mid-career, yeah. that means it's going to be more merit-based and yeah. more performance-based. Yeah. And yeah. that's how change happens. Yeah, that's how change happens. I think it starts in small portion, but the small portion are moving like snowball. They influence the surrounding people. And uh, I think we are not there. We are just changing. But... Uh, if I can do something to accelerate the change, I would like to do. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, listen, Asushi, thanks so much for sitting down Thank with me. Thank you, team. It's my pleasure, and um, it's a really happy time to was... talk with you. And we're back. T-Vision Insights is a genuinely innovative company with a technology that could change the way video ads are made and distributed. But as Yasushi explained, selling something that is genuinely innovative is hard. Selling improvements or new dashboards is pretty easy. That just lets people do their jobs a bit better. But getting people to adopt a new behavior, to consider not just a new view of the data but to include an entirely new kind of data into their decision-making process, well, that's hard. And from my own sales experience, I think the difficulty comes 
not because the prospects don't see the advantage to saying yes. It's that they don't see any disadvantages in saying no. There's never any harm to your career for not using a tool if none of your competitors are using it either. But that's starting to change. And Yasushi and T-Vision are building up an impressive list of global brands. And with the ongoing convergence of online, cable, and broadcast video, T-Vision Insight might well become the Nielsen ratings of this generation. If you want to talk some more about how we watch TV or how T-Vision watches you watch TV, come by DisruptingJapan.com show 127 and let's talk about it. Also, please follow Disrupting Japan on Twitter and Facebook and even join our LinkedIn group. If you want to ask a question there, I guarantee you I'll respond. Oh, and by the way, the big Disrupting Japan 4th Anniversary Party and Live Podcast will be happening on September 13th at Super Deluxe in Rapongi. We'll have Paul Chapman, CEO of MoneyTree, Jay Winder, CEO of MakeLeaps, and Casey Wall, CEO of Wall & Case, talking about how to start and grow a business as a foreigner in Japan. These are three successful foreign entrepreneurs who took three very different paths to growing their company here. So I guarantee you it's going to be a great discussion. And of course, a great deal of wine, beer, and conversation will flow after the show. You really want to be there. So check out DisruptingJapan.com or our LinkedIn or Facebook groups for more details. I hope to see you there. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.